Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. This is the Ultimate It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. My name is Brayden. We are back for season two. Welcome to season two, everybody. I got some awesome co-hosts here with me. One of them is going anonymous, as always. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. What's up, everybody? I'm Donnie. Hey, it's Adam. Hey, it is the dish of the day, Strip Club Buffet. The Strip Club Buffet is here reviewing season two, season two, episode one. I almost said season one out of habit, guys. I am so glad to be here. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome to Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. We are going episode by episode discussing everything that has happened in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia since the beginning. We are finally on season two. Um, if you want to get caught up on our season one episodes, we invite you to head on over to our new website, rumham.transistor.fm. You can find all our social media links. You can find all the platforms we're on at rumham.transistor.fm. We're doing a, a new website. So, uh, like I said, we're going every episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We are ranking them against each other so by the end of this podcast series we are going to have a full list of our rankings of it's always sunny in philadelphia it's been pretty interesting so far season one brought some harsher scores than i think any of us had anticipated and i feel like a lot of listeners had anticipated mm. but uh more on that later i'm sorry i don't want to interrupt you but uh dish of the day Mr. Strip Club Buffet, do you have a favorite, like, specific dish at the Strip Club Buffet, by chance? Uh, it probably has to be the wings, because everyone's sticking their hands in them trying to grab it. Nobody uses those little tong things. I don't even know why strip clubs spend money on those little tongs. Yeah, they could save a ton of money by not yeah, putting the tongs out. You're right, the yeah. Because everyone's just going to reach their hands in there to get the drumstick or that other shitty wing that nobody eats. The wings? What about the breasts? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Brought to you by Jack's Jokes. <laughs> oh, I love uh, it. I love it. And we're not alone here sitting around this table. If you're listening to this podcast right now, we invite you to join the conversation on Twitter, Instagram, and our subreddit at Always Sunny Pod and our Always Sunny Pod. Let us know what you think of season two. Let us know what you think of season one. And uh, together, we are going to create the ultimate fan ranking of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So hit us up on our email, alwayssunnypod at gmail.com, Twitter and Instagram at alwayssunnypod, and our new website, one more time, rumham.transistor.fm. So uh, the way the show works, the first half, we're going to be talking about this episode specifically, season two, episode one, Charlie Gets Crippled. And then in the second half of the show, we are going to rank and debate the episode. We've got some categories that we go through. We got all the best jokes and quotes, the characters, the plot, uh, the wild card spot. All of that is coming up later. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But first, let's talk about season two, episode one. Charlie gets crippled, you guys. This one came out. 14 years ago, basically, to the date, June 2006, directed by Rob McElhenney. This is the first one directed by Rob himself, and it, this one's written by Rob, Charlie Day, and Glenn Howarden. So this episode is interesting, kind of like last season's premiere, 
the gang tries to put themselves in someone else's shoes, kind of. In this case, they try to do it literally. So after Dennis hits Charlie with his car. Oh, Jesus! The gang discovers the perks of being handicapped, and just saying that makes my soul hurt. Uh, specifically, they discover the perks of being handicapped at a strip club. Oh my god, you poor baby, what happened? Uh, my best friend ran me over with his car. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Do you want a lap dance? Oh, I don't have any money. I could give you one for free. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, you poor baby, what happened to you? His friend ran him over with a car. That is so sad. I know. Yeah. I was gonna give him a free lap dance. She totally was. I'll join you. That is great. I know. Uh, do one of you girls want to hook my boy up over here though? He's really down in the dumps. Okay. Hurts my soul even more. Uh, Frank, Dennis and Dee's dad, Danny DeVito's finally here. He comes crashing into Dennis and Dee's life, but he ends up realizing that Charlie's lifestyle is what he has always wanted. Last night was one of the greatest nights of my whole life. I'm sure it was. I used to live like this, in squalor and filth, always trying to get over on people, scamming my way through situations. Oh, wow, I don't care. I want to live like you again, Charlie. I want to be pathetic and, and desperate and ugly and hopeless. Okay, not I, this is the change I've been looking for. I want to move in with you. you right, I guess to go back to technically, he says. So let's talk about it, you guys. I really, really enjoyed this episode. And I, I am so happy that I enjoyed this episode because after last season, I was starting to get worried that I was being unnecessarily critical. Yeah, I'm just going to get this out of the way. This is hands down my favorite episode that we've reviewed so far. I loved it. it was, it's so funny. Um, this is probably one of the best episodes, I think, that might be on my list uh, so far. I think it's all right. Yeah? I think you're all right. Come on, you man. Thanks, man. <laughs> if this is your first time joining us, uh, Strip Club Buffet over here, Strip Club Wings over here, uh, is the most critical of the show out of all of us. Notoriously gave a .6 out of 10 <laughs> for gun fever, so he's he a little He just doesn't like hard. guns. In order to... In order to <laughs> In order to prepare for this role, um, I've actually been watching every single episode of American Idol and uh, writing down every single Simon Cowell uh, interact. Every time he says anything, anytime he grunts, anytime he you know makes a movement with his eyes, I jot that down and try to become that. Yeah. Is that why you're wearing a turtleneck sweater right now? That's exactly correct. It's called Method One Acting. Methadone acting. Speaking of Paula Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question though. Well, not really, well. Yeah, yeah. So when we were watching this show, our friend had mentioned that this might be the best episode to start to sh to show someone to start the show. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I wrote that down too, yeah. and uh, I think I brought it up one time before. If I was ever gonna show somebody, it's always Sunny that had never seen it before. I would not pick any episode in season one ever in my life. Any? There's a few. Not as the first one. No, okay. never. I right. touched on this briefly a few episodes back, yeah. but Frank really helps. Uh, sell the point of the show it's mm -hmm. I, I don't know maybe it's just his presence but uh i mentioned specifically his financing mm -hmm. i think makes it easier to understand the show yeah and like why they're at a strip club instead of working at the bar speaking of frank's presence i mean i know in the moment they that he might have scared them but like they knew frank was coming why was he so why were they so terrified when he showed up like 
he was sneaking around in the dark or whatever the quote exactly that they used was is why were they so shocked that he was there when they knew he was on his way because they needed a reason to hit charlie with the car yeah fair <laughs> it is still a show, a story at the end of the day. It's if, not, you know. If anyone here is a professional uh, television historian, I would like to know why in sitcoms and other TV shows, there's always like, and some movies are like this too, they always like list the 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 actors, they're like Glenn Howard and Charlie Day, and then they're like Danny DeVito is Frank Reynolds. Like, I think Pulp Fiction did that. It was like Harvey Keitel as the wolf. Like, you're not telling us who everyone else is. Like, why is this person... Well, why does this person get their name? I don't know specifically for television, but I know like in older movies in like 30s and 40s, um, 50s, 60s, the opening, the opening like part of the movie, there would be like a music and then it would be like the credits would roll in at the beginning of movies. And it would always say this actor dot, dot, dot as this character. And I guess maybe that translated to TV shows. But now it's next- become where it's just one person who gets the character placement with the, the cameos. You know, special cameos that turned to other. I think it yeah. was at that point, Danny DeVito is very much an A-lister compared to mm. the rest of the cast, basically. You hear that? You're B-lister. You're on the B-list! <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they are anymore, but definitely back in 2006, I'd argue that Danny DeVito mm. was on a different tier than the rest of the gang. And it, it actually, when Danny DeVito, when Frank comes up in this episode and he says, his first line is, Dennis! And that, to me, like, that... Just the way he said it, he says it, reminds me of his his voice acting from Space Jam, which was, believe it or not, closer in time to this episode than we are to this episode. So, and I just, I just hear Danny DeVito's like 1990s like voice come out the way that I knew him. You know? How young is Danny DeVito in this? He's he like, looks, like if you compare Danny DeVito now to Danny DeVito in season 12 or 14 or whatever they're up to, 87, he looks like so young. I think this show, this show, without doubt, is probably one of the best things that could have happened for his career. Yeah. Because it's given him that transition into younger audiences now where they're aware of who he is and they're mm. going to go watch his back catalog as well, hopefully. And, and he's kind of like bookending his, his career as an actor with one hum, uh, like humongously popular sitcom from the 70s and what, probably arguably at this point now one of the best sitcoms of all time because now they're going to 15 seasons, you know, live action. There is no greater role that Danny DeVito portrayed than the father in Matilda. Changed my mind. He did, He didn't he direct and write that too? Matilda? Yeah. No idea. Um, I'm pretty sure he did. That would uh, be awesome. I have yeah. no idea either, but... I'll, I'll look it up, but I'm like 100% sure. Then why do you need to look it up? I'm just kidding. Okay. Look he it up anyway. Got, he just got you. <laughs> he just got you. He just got got. But please look it up anyway. Yeah, he directed it and produced it. Hundred percent. I so, believe you now. There is something, and he starred with his wife Ray Perlman in it too. Ray Perlman. Yeah. Is that Ron Perlman's sister? That I don't know. I don't. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. We're gonna start a whole going down a IMDb <laughs> rabbit hole celebrity, podcast. Yeah, celebrity uh, fan list. There is something I wanted to bring up about this episode. Uh, one of the themes, I guess you could say, uh, when they're all trying to pretend to be crippled to you know gain sympathy or whatever. Um, you notice that this happens a lot. The first thing that came to my mind was like, I, my brother uh, two or three times had broken his arm and my mom was always like, oh shit, he broke his arm, let's go to Disneyland. 
<laughs> like that was her immediate afterthought. Was I like, can, well, let's go to Disneyland yeah. so we can skip the lines because he has to be in like a wheelchair because he can't walk around with a cast. I never broke. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> she was like, let's go to Disneyland. We'll get to skip all the lines except for Pirates of the Caribbean. That one, that line was just as long. Um, <laughs> I thought you were insinuating that Disneyland was your mom's like strip club, like go to. Oh, like, let's go to, to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was wondering, like, how moral or amoral do we think that that is like because you can totally take that to the next level and just be like i have you know a um, what are these fake diseases or whatever um aids i got aids (laughs) it's blood in the pool to go into disneyland or i think it's kind of on the same level maybe a little worse than like when you go to the movie theater with your mom and you're like um, you know, 28. She's like, tell him you're a kid so we can get in cheaper. And you're like, mom, I have a full beard. I mean, she, that's like a much more watered down version of that. And she puts a diaper on you in, in public. But I, I just realized making that reference to the gang goes to the water park. They basically pull this again, except saying that they have AIDS to cut the line at the to water cut the park. the line at the water park. I don't know how immoral it is because there's people that are always going to take advantage of it much worse. There was mm-hmm. that guy years ago who got caught being hired to go to Disneyland with people like your family could hire him to go around in a wheelchair with your family to skip the lines. That's awful, but hilarious. That's a great way to make money. And it's you, called entrepreneurship. You, yeah, that's you what say, that is. That's the American dream. You <laughs> the government hates the hustle. <laughs> Braden, you make a good point about people would take it much worse. Like Charlie did. Like I, By the way, I forgot like, by buying the vet out. I think I know how we can really up our game at the strip club. How? Who gets more respect and admiration in this country than war heroes? Athletes. Yeah, that's true. But after that, rock stars. Yeah, also true. But after that, Frank. Actors. Yeah. Right. Models. Yes. Look. Rich people. Look, okay, look, look, look. If you just buy me this costume, I'm going to show these ladies a war hero they can't take their eyes off of. What, what are people more sympathizers? And Mac with? and Dennis in the mall. But, oh, that's interesting. But, that's a different level. I never thought about it. Yeah, that. he was like, I need a different thing. Because I forgot when he was boxed in by Frank. You don't box in a vet. I forgot that he was crippled, that he was actually crippled for a second because everyone else was pretending and fake. I was just like, dude, why can't you just get up and move the thing? But I forgot. Oh my God, he's he's actually can't walk. Of all of them, he's the one who's actually yeah. crippled. But then he has to throw a lie in on top of it. Wow. Yeah, yeah I didn't I didn't realize that. Look at either. how they make That's a deep. Look at how them all because make. You can't box a vet in. Can't box a vet in. Look at how they all make light of this terrible situation in their sunny Philadelphia lives. So I was. They make themselves be the you know feel good at whatever bad shit's going on, even when he was at the end. Because they're always rays of sunshine. Yeah. Or the other argument is, especially when regarding like handicap spots, my friend made this argument that, so say you're driving your grandfather's car because he, he can't see anymore, so he's not allowed to drive. Glaucoma. Government came and took his license away, and he has a handicap placard. You know, they say you're not supposed to park in the handicap spot because that's reserved for someone who's actually handicapped. But get this, what if that car is reserved for that spot and by parking a non-handicapped spot, you're taking it from someone else who doesn't have a handicap placard. Hmm. Yeah. Why would they not have a handicap placard? Because so you're they're saying, not handicapped. So you're saying handicapped people should only park... Oh, oh, oh I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. No, that's dumb. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know... How many, how many non-handicapped spots are there? A lot. How many the ratio uh, is handicapped be like, spots are there? Not a lot. Thank you, Donnie. <laughs> 
The ratio's got to be like 100 to 1 or something. Ish, yeah. There's a legal ratio. Really? Americans with Disabilities Act. Really? I'm curious about that then. You Welcome know, back to the ADA podcast <laughs> on NPR and all other acronyms that we can't name. I got a question about, um, so I was reading about uh, handicapped people having a problem with non-handicap actors playing handicap roles. Uh, notably, this was after Brian Cranston was in that one movie with Kevin Hart, The the Upside. Mm. I didn't I didn't see it, but I heard Brian a lot side? of good stuff. I no, thought Kevin Hart was upside. mentally, was disabled. Oh, oh, Jesus. Jesus. So, but, they, but they were saying that um, it was uh, University of Southern California, Annenberg. They basically went through 900 popular movies from 2007 to 2016, and they found 2.7% of the characters in speaking roles that had lines were portrayed as disabled. Uh, I didn't find out how out of how many of those were actually handicapped actors, but I was just wondering what you guys... What what your opinion on that is? Do you do you have a problem? Didn't Daniel Day Lewis win the Oscar from My Left Foot? Was he? Yeah, somebody he won the Oscar for that, right? That was another one I that they so. mentioned. Yeah. Um, I'm <laughs> wondering what the percentages of actual handicapped actors there are, right? Because you wouldn't go so far as to say, uh, um, why don't we have Martians playing Martian yeah. characters? What percentage because of people? Because there are no Martian actors. So well, there are handicap actors. Yeah, I'm wondering what the percentage is of that. Like, if it's enough for to have like a list handicapped actors, um, the, where that who could have been chosen for that role. I think that'd be totally badass. I would well, love to see handfuls of awesome a list handicapped well, actors. Christopher also, Reeve is passed away. because also, because you can argue that like a normal. Uh, sorry, I don't want to mean not normal. Uh, a non handicap actor playing a handicapped character. Abled able-bodied uh is is in impressive for an actor's catalog mm. but i think it would also speak miles if you were a handicap actor and see what you can do i hate to use the word confined confined to whatever you have to work with i so think. have a handicapped actor pretend to walk no, no, no. <laughs> just like, see see what they can do with what with there what, was, what they have. There was an actor. You ever seen the movie Galaxy Quest? No. Oh, it's a really a good long movie. Time ago, there was an it. actor on there, um, and he he um, he could walk on there, but he did, he got in a car accident after, and he he lost the use of his legs, but he still acted. Um, uh, he was he was on a sitcom, I think, with a Michael Strahan or something. Oh wow! Oh, see, I that's pretty. That's that's what I mean. That's cool. Those people. Michael Strahan plays football oh. in the NFL. Is he might not be on a team anymore. I'm not a His name is sure. Daryl Mitchell. He blew um, off his finger with the firework, if that's what you're trying to say. Oh, you were raising your hand. I thought you were pointing to your hand because, yeah, he did blow his finger off with I'm the firework. I'm wondering with acting. Oh, no, that's that's Jason Pierre-Paul. My bad. That's not the dude that blew off his firework. Know, but any, keep going. anything that you've mentioned. Michael Strahan played football. Yeah, he did, though. Yeah. Not the firework and the finger part, though. That was Jason Pierre-Paul. Oh, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering with acting because there are things that we say in acting that are not okay, like blackface, definitely not okay. A lot of the point of acting seems to me is like, aren't you supposed to like pretend to be something that you're not? That's Does what I'm saying. Acting in general. Even it's always not, it pushes all those boundaries. They even do blackface. You could be Nicolas Cage and just play the same substandard white guy in every role. Okay, Nicolas Cage <laughs> is the last living moving star, okay? Jeez. Oh, so you know you what? So? Don't come fucking. Don't fucking come Tom, at me with that. I forgot shit. how passionate you were about Nick Cage. Get Tom Cage, Cruise, bro. I think that um, if there are, they're like, well, what uh, what strip club food, whatever. Strip I forget club your name. Food. I forget your name exactly. It's something about yeah, wings. 
roast whatever, beef. whoever you are. Roast beef. You said that. Um, I forget. What I was gonna say now. I got too distracted. Acting. I don't remember. Yeah. Acting. We're talking about acting. Acting. Yeah. Not oh yeah. Up. You said so. The talent. The talent yeah. of the handicapped actors is small in general. So I think if there's a role open, and a handicapped actor shows up and auditions and wants to play the role, and they can play the role that they want to play, I think they would always choose to have that. But I'm sorry. I think there's some actors yeah. that can play that role better than someone who's act- actually handicapped. Just because you're actually handicapped doesn't mean you can act the role that they need. I love Colton Dunn in Superstore, but uh, the character of Garrett, I think, could be played just as easily by a handicapped actor. Or any of those people. Colton Dunn plays Garrett, who is a handicapped person in Superstore. They mm-hmm. only joke about his handicap a couple times, and they don't really do it in poor taste. But I've thought about that like when watching that show if they were to make fun of his handicap and he was, and he is a non handicap actor, mm-hmm. he's an able body character or actor that, that, that'd be screwed up. Is he in a wheelchair in the show? He's in a wheelchair in the yes. show. Yeah. Well, I only joke about it once or twice. I agree though that like, he's this I actor, Daryl Mitchell, because he's a comedic actor in a wheelchair. I think I do agree though that like, that's a type of role that I think they could have got a handicapped person to play that would have wanted to or auditioned or could have played that role. That's and, not to say Colton Dunn isn't, he, he's hilarious yeah. and he's yeah. he's done respectful stuff as far as that role is considered. He's not disrespectful with that. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want this to be point. S- some sort of like social activism complaint. No. I don't want to <laughs> try and be the the ambulance over here. When people talked about this episode, they had a problem with able-bodied people, actors, and stuff. Who, who like, the act? There's only one person in the show who's actually handicapped as Frank. terms of the, as terms of the character wise, like the kid in the wheelchair who Mac and Dennis saw. Like, was he, is he really handicapped? Is that oh, what the shit. issue was around? Because, because the rest of the characters in the show are just, are just actors playing characters, able-bodied characters who are pretending to be handicapped. Right. In that case, yeah, they, you know, they, that, those characters, those actors have to be able-bodied now that you to fake it, it. That guy in Glee can totally walk. Oh yeah, there's oh. another example. Drake. Yeah, oh, yeah Drake Degrassi. played a handicapped kid yeah. in Degrassi. Well, you know, you know, things go away. Also, I think this show was on, or this episode was on, on when Degrassi was on and Glee. So, th- things change, times change. Oh, it's for sure the times. I yeah. think it, that has a big effect. But I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully soon we can get a long list of strong, notable handicap actors that we can see in some really cool roles. We could just break your legs. <laughs> and then I get to be a movie star? Deal. No, then you get to go to Six Flags a lot. Yeah, then you get to go skip to the lines. Skip the lines. Or we could go to the strip club. Try the strip club buffet. Oh. It's never good. Strip club buffet. <laughs> when we come back, we are going to be talking about this episode some more, but we are going to put some numbers to our argument. I'm going to fill you in on what our categories here are, and uh, we're going to argue about season two, episode one, some more. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Weaver. I am not allowed to watch anything with Tim Allen. What did Toy Story? <laughs> not since the lawsuit. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the premiere of season two. This is Rumham and Wild Cards. 
Uh, we're going to put some numbers to our argument here for the episode Charlie Gets Crippled. If this is your first time joining us, we're not talking about this willy-nilly. We got a system here of categories because reason will prevail. Reason will prevail! So we got five categories here. We got the story of the episode, the characters, the quotes in the episode, the overall humor of the episode, and the wild card spot for which the show is named after. So let's start with the story. I liked the B plot of this story or a plot. I, I liked whatever plot involved the stripper races. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate the fact that they dropped the whole subplot with Dennis and D organizing their stuff out. I know they bring it up in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. In the next episode, they talk about it. Yeah. Dennis and D getting their stuff from their mom, but I hate that they just dropped it with no explanation. I didn't think that that storyline yeah. was very funny. I, I, I don't think it was that funny, but they just dropped it. And I don't like that they just dropped it. It was like like a, like a side thing to keep, you know, part of the, you know, fluff up that part of the show, I guess. But it's like you then said, on. the the other plot, mm-hmm. Ultimate It's Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. If you're going to show this show to someone, great plot to show someone yeah. to start out. I think that I would give, um, for a story, I think I'd give it a six. Uh, I thought that, you know, it was pretty standard story, A and B plot. But like you said... Braden, the um the I guess a a plot because they didn't really do much with the B plot was pretty funny. I mean, not funny was pretty uh, well put together. I'm I'm gonna agree with your six and give it a six point five because uh, as much as I want to give the surrounded nine, if they had given some sort of closure on that 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 other plot with Dennis and D's stuff, I'd probably be giving it a higher score. But the other plot's hilarious. Six point five. Um, I like the A and B plots that you guys bring up. I think they're both hilarious. I like the, the second one kind of more, kind of like the whole strip club and faking being crippled and that whole aspect. But I think there's kind of like, it's not a within the episode, but I think there's almost like a C plot essentially to where just Frank showing up, becoming part of the story is a story in and of itself. So I kind of would add that as C. So for that reason, I actually gave it an eight. Oh, that's meta. Yeah, it's a lot of good character development in this story. Uh, for me, for the story, I'm giving it a, a seven. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a it's a good story. I mean, it's not, you know, it, it's kind of episode like an origin story. It's the episode where you know they have to introduce a new character, um, a new season. So they kind of like, they kind of need to hit all of their beats to get their story and whatever jokes they need to get down. So it's not like the greatest story episode for me, but in, it's it word does it word it you know develops the characters and it's hilarious. In but, your opinion, yeah, the the introducing of Frank, that that opening part where they get in the car, yeah, and he hits Charlie. What would you think of that? That's hilarious. I love it. They hit every beat because I completely <laughs> agree. I think that's but but the, you know what I mean. They hit every beat. They got to do what they got to do, and it's I don't blame it's a TV show and it's hilarious. This is one of my favorite episodes so far. So they you know, but to me, it's not doesn't make for the best story episode. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we're all kind of on the same page with this one. Let's uh, move on to the characters. And before before we begin the characters, no longer will the dish of the day, will, will Strip Club Buffet be giving zero out of 10 on character category because now we have Frank Reynolds mm. in the yeah. show. So if you're still giving a zero out of 10 for characters, it's got to be a bad episode. The people want real fucking ratings. So let, I, I think it's only right we start yeah. with the dish of the day and get a and mm-hmm. get a real rating out of him finally. Yeah, let's see what you like. All right, for characters, I gave it a nine. I oh think my god! I think that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, high score I, in general. I, uh, I think my pants are a little wet. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that all the characters fit in their roles rather well. I didn't give it a 10 because I didn't think, I thought that Frank was um, too normal, like too much of a normal human being to really be the character that Frank is. Uh, but besides that, Dennis and D, classic assholes. I mean, you could argue that, you know, Mac really wasn't in his character, but he didn't get a lot of screen time in this episode. And, you know, maybe trying to stay in with the strippers and kick Charlie out of his own fucking apartment was uh, pretty in character for Mac. Well, Frank's got to be kind of normal in this first episode mm-hmm. because... You can see the moment he breaks. You can see the shot when he's looking at the stripper from the the waist up and it's that where it's at his level. That shot you can see literally like something flip in his brain, the point of no return. Frank Reynolds is gone and Frank and the gang is here. Yeah, I think everybody was classic narcissist, do everything for themselves. And D he brings and, that out. He brings yeah, that out in them. Yeah, D and Dennis obviously fighting over stuff, not helping each other steal everything. And I think even the best part to top it off is Charlie doing everything he can to try and like like benefit from the situation, but somehow he still just can't get anything that he wants and just still doesn't win. So I think that's classic Charlie too. For characters, I loved it. Now, I personally, I love seeing like obviously love seeing Frank, one of the best characters in modern TV show um, history. Um, also, I, I I just enjoy seeing like Dennis and and D kind of do their sibling stories and, and see their characters develop through their sibling relationship. And this episode did that for me. And, and you know, to top it off, I'm gonna give it a ten because I love Frank and I love the rest of the story, the characters. This is a ten and characters for me. This, this is an explosive way to set off the, these characters. And even at the end, they're like, what a bunch of assholes. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Not with your 10 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Mm -hmm. I'm glad someone is giving it a 10 out of 10. But I think Frank bringing out the best or I guess the worst of the gang, depending on how you see it. PTSD, Vietnam vet Charlie. One of the best parts of this episode, if not this whole season, probably. Mac and Charlie starting to just kind of like break things as a solution to their mm-hmm. problems. Like let's break a piece off of this wheelchair or uh, the, the strippers bonus points for Natasha Legero. Yes. Shout out to Natasha Legero. Can I say something about her after? You can nope. say something about her right <laughs> now. I was going to say, because um, I love when Natasha Legero pops up in shows and stuff and, she, and her run as like a little side character on Re- Reno 911 was so hilarious. She's so funny. Go check her out. Go check out that show. But even more so, um, Charlie and the waitress were on that show. They had a, a fight in that show as well in Reno 911. So I, I got seeing her in the show kind of like makes me think like how are all these people connected in their network and in these comedy worlds and the aesthetic and style yeah. of Reno 911 uh, kind of matches Sunny in a lot yeah. of ways. Sunny is just kind of like a different pace and a different style, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But it's the same kind of idea, yeah. just kind of dumb, but, selfish. Mm-hmm angry characters running around Reno. And she's the best, I think, the best comedic actress to bring in for that role. Mm -hmm. I love her. So I gave it a 9 here. Disha Day gives it a 9. Adam gives it a 10 out of 10. Perfect. I got a 9 as well. Oh, yes. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. 9 out of 10 around the table. 10 out of 10 for Adam. Let's move on to the quotes. This is one of my favorite parts of the uh, episodes because I just like bringing up all the funny parts. Uh, Starting with I like Max small little line. He goes, uh, I just feel like I need a serious change or I'm going to kill myself. Right. So when you say you're giving your money away to poor people, do you mean like Mexico poor or can it be like me and Charlie poor? 
Well, I haven't given that much thought. Well, put some thought on that one. Consider that. Yeah, thought. man. Give uh, that some thought. Yeah, <laughs> that one too. Mexico poor, Charlie poor. Uh, so for quotes, I gave it a three. I didn't really think there were that many good quotes. That was one of the ones I can rem- um, uh, that come into my head. The other one is Dennis and Dean. That's what this is all about, spending time with my kids. Right. I want to be the father yeah. that I never was. Yes. Getting to know them. Yeah. What did you say about the money? Mm-hmm. I'm giving it all away. That is a very stupid thing to You're do. You're a very stupid, stupid man. Who are you going to give it to? I don't know. Poor people. There were really no good quotes from the whole flip a coin discussion. I just thought that was very poignant because I remember, or literally every time that happens where someone's like, let's flip a coin and then none of us have coins on us. We all like look around for other shit to flip. (laughs) Can I flip my phone? What about that piece of wood? (laughs) It's like, I don't know if that would flip very well. But besides for that, there's really no funny quotes that ring true to my mind. And if I'm not yelling at a random stranger with an always sunny quote, it's not going to get above a five. Yeah, I'm going to strongly disagree with you real quick and pull out my uh, dictionary of notes over here. I'm going to I'm just going to throw them out there because I have a fucking lot of these. When Mac and Dennis are in the the mall. What's yeah. your backstory? What do you mean? Bro, your backstory. How'd your legs get crippled? I don't know. All right, check mine out. I had polio, okay? That's why I'm rocking the FDR look with the blanket and everything. See, I got a problem. My legs are really muscular and athletic, so nobody's going to believe that they're dead. Okay, this way with the blanket, everyone will assume that underneath my legs are withered and useless. Huh, that's a good idea. Bro, it's brilliant. Yeah, I have polio too. Well, you can't have polio, that's my disease. You gotta pick your own disease. Yeah, but I want polio. Well, you can't have it. Hey, guys! Shit, shit. What do we do, what do we do, what do we do? Uh, okay, just, just play cool, man. Play, play cool. cool. Play cool, play cool. Hey. Hey. How's it going? I have polio. Oh. Uh... Okay. And I have polio. He has polio, too. All right. Quick note on that, uh, because I guess I could have brought this up during the characters. The discussion of, like, how you became handicapped, I don't think that's a thing people are going around talking about in shopping malls. Like, the fact that he immediately brings it up to the backstory. You need a backstory, but no one's going to ask about the backstory. No one's going to ask about it. And then as soon as they find a handicapped person, that's the first thing he brings up is, I have polio. Well, (laughs) we're thinking about this like normal people, but these guys, the gang is essentially, they're essentially con artists. Uh, Of course. Like, they're just (laughs) terrible at it. Back to Donnie's list of quotes. So that was that was the second quote. And then even just later in that situation, they kind of just awkwardly sing there after he says, I have polio. And then Mac's just like, uh, he has polio too. <laughs> so that's another one that had me laughing right away. Uh, when they're talking about, Charlie's just like, who gets more respect than veterans? And Frank's just like, athletes. Listing off everyone. Rock stars, yeah, just starts listing them all off. So like, I guess that is kind of like scenario, like kind of just like situational comedy, obviously. But like, it's not necessarily like, what they're saying i guess it's kind of how they're saying it in the situation they're in but i still look at it as quotes and then when dennis is fucked up at the- i love the guy all right he's family you know i mean we've been through a lot together okay so you know is it wrong for me to love him i don't know if i have to listen to you talk about the stupid goddamn stuffed elephant anymore i'm going to punch you hey in the hey mr tibbs was not just some stupid stuffed element elephant okay like that one had me dying every think time. He's talking I see about that. Frank, but he's actually talking about Mr. Tibbs. Yeah, I will, about Mr. I will Tibbs. give you the uh, the Mac. Um, 
whatchamacallit, when he's like, in the bar. if I have to hear one more thing about this stuffed elephant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, 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 at the very end there. I was thinking of when they're in the bar with D and Max says... Oh, I'm sorry, D. Um, we're putting ourselves into the shoes of the unfortunate. See what their world's like. Maybe gain a little perspective. Mm. What do you do? I don't take advantage of people. Oh, look at Sweetie sitting on her cloud of judgment, handing down life lessons to all the sinners. Come on, Mac. Let's go get crippled. Yeah, see, so there's another quote that you're throwing out there. And then we also get introduced to the dirty whore. Dennis, your mother is a dirty, dirty whore. Oh, God damn it, Dad. So that one's hilarious. That's just one word that you could <laughs> probably quote any yeah. given episode, probably. And then they use my classic, my favorite... Uh, stupid comeback where it's just like it doesn't even make sense well, you don't make sense like oh this sense. sucks you suck they're like, starting just like to the get classic their, comeback yeah the reoccurring yeah uh, I might have a few more but like that was at least eight or nine. Oh yeah and then D I guess this is more of like what she does after but she's like I'm not gonna take advantage of people I would never take advantage of people then like 20 seconds later she's in the mall like are you sure you're okay it's really important that I do this myself you are so brave <sighs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I so I guess that's not necessarily a quote, but no. I gave it a ten. A ten? Yeah. A ten out of this 10 is this is my quotes? longest list of quotes for sure. The longest the list that I have, you guys also mentioned at least like four or five others as None I was. None of going. those quotes really stuck out to me. That's fair. Uh I'm gonna go happy medium and go seven out of ten on the quotes. Because I didn't find as many as you did. I didn't think as many of them were scream it out on the street, like reference it in conversation with your friends, like the dish of the day is saying. Yeah. So I'm going to go somewhere in between you guys and say seven out of 10 for the quotes. But uh, Frank and Charlie's negotiation on him paying the rent. The the night. I'll pay for your rent for six months. 12. 6. 10. 6. 9. 6. 10. 6. 12. 4. 6. Deal. All right. No more sleeping on the hall, though. I can't promise that. When, when, Another when, one. Because Charlie thinks he's won it at the very end, but Frank just got what he wanted. What do you think, Adam? Quotes. For me, for quotes, I had a hard time when I, when we were watching the episode to begin with because I was like, there's so many great things to quote in this episode. I mean, we're introduced to the word whore. <laughs> Absolutely. Then, I mean, Frank is here. I mean, how am I going to write the quotes in this episode? But there are so many great quotes throughout the rest of the episode. I Oh yeah, I, name I love five. It. Name five right now. Well, I'm not gonna name five because if I name five, then I could give it a ten, but I couldn't. Uh, there are definitely a handful of stuff that I I I love and that I remembered. Like, oh look at you, sweetie. What happened? You goddamn knobs! What happened? Don't give me a beer, bitch. Or I ain't fight no damn war, so I can be boxed in. But some square commies. I'm so glad you said Hot that. You can't all box look, in a vet. That's the thing. Yes. I don't really, I didn't really remember it. And but when he was saying it, it was all coming back to me. So that's great. That's you know indication of a great it quote. You? Yeah, a little it's bit. A business tactic. But, but it's, it's, it's a business it's, tactic. <laughs> but but not just that. Um, there were other stuff. And but I don't really talk, think about that on a daily basis. There were some things like when Mac is like handing down life lessons to all the sinners. I use that line or variations of that quote almost every day when people when things. When people, when I disagree with people, or when they're being whatever, like it, and it's <laughs> oh, yeah. fun. So for that, for all this, I get, I'm giving it a nine, not uh, full, not full ten, because there are episodes that are full on. I, 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 I will go days just saying these quotes and not even know it. 
so nine out of ten, and you can't name five of the quotes. To be fair, Donnie just took like eighty percent of them he took for himself, <laughs> which he should have. He gave it a ten out. But of there's 10. a thing. Yeah. There's a thing, and I guess it will address in the humor category. Quotes aren't necessarily both humorous or not. It, the delivery of a quote make or a line makes one makes it humorous. So there's some things that like I'll attribute to the humor category based on how they deliver it. So. That's the debate we've yeah. been having yeah. these past episode reviews is does it make it a good quote if it's memorable? Does it make it good if it's funny? Does it make it good in the way they deliver it? Am I using it a bunch? Yeah. My yeah. stance is How much clear. Is <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely not changing my 10, but if I did take into the account the fact that, like I said, a lot of it is how they deliver it and how they say it, not just, oh, they said that, that's hilarious. Mm. It might be more in the funny category, but... And editing. Yeah. You know, I think there's a bunch too for how you receive a line. So when you combine the characters and the quotes and the story, everything, you get the overall humor of the episode. What do you guys think of the overall humor of season two, episode one? I guess, I'll, can I start? I'm going yeah, to go out with a no. nine. I'm a starting, nine? I gave it a nine. Dude, I was laughing my ass off. So many things <laughs> that I don't even remember. Like just the way, like when Dennis like turns to the camera after she rips Miss, Mr. Tibbs, that is so funny. And it's something that I can't, I can't quote because it's just a, a line. It's a visual thing. But uh, just just seeing Charlie Day, uh, you know Charlie walk uh, scooting around in his wheelchair with the Vietnam, he looks like a Vietnam vet. That is it's, it's a visual gag that is so fucking funny to me. Among every other part of the episode, except there's some again. I'm not giving it a full ten because there are some episodes that will have me on the floor. This wasn't one of them, but it was I was close. So nine. Yeah. 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 I actually, I I agree. I gave it a nine as well. Ooh, you guys are making me second guess my score here. No, Give let's it see to what you have. No, no, no. Okay, so I'm saying seven, uh, seven and a half. Yeah, oh, seven first and of all, a half. That's not even bad. Remember when yeah. sevens were high? Remember? Remember when <laughs> sevens were high in our system? This is a really good episode we're <laughs> yeah. talking about here. You guys are making me second guess yeah. it. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hold fast on the seven and a half just because I still know that there is a good handful of episodes that I a couple handfuls of episodes that I'd probably give eight and above and this isn't one of them necessarily but i don't want to go and give it a seven and below so seven and a half just because like i said you can see the point of frank's no return yeah in the strip club when he's like well maybe just one yeah he's mentally (laughs) snapped or the physical humor with all the wheelchair races and mac and charlie trying to break the wheelchair uh, it's it's great. Seven and a half. Yeah, I think from front to back, it had me laughing the entire time, and there were a few situations that did have me dying laughing, gun wrenching. Like like I said, the one situation where he's just like, "Hey, how's it going? I have polio." Like that, just every time, especially the first time I saw that, I was really just like, "Did that really just fucking happen?" Like I just imagine that happening in real life in an actual mall, and like I said, if that guy is actually handicapped, and he's just sitting there like. Okay. He yeah. was going in for a normal conversation. Yeah. No one just outright is like, I was in a car accident or something like that. Yeah. So like if it had me front to back dying, I would have given it a ten, but it, it had me laughing the whole time, so I did give it the nine. So we got a pair of nines, seven and a half. I gave it a seven. I thought mm. yeah, I thought it was fairly funny. Um, you know, there were parts that I laughed, the business business tactic thing. Um <laughs> I didn't really find that polio line as funny as y'all did. I yeah, thought just the context of it was better, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, same. Can I can I pose a question? You just you, did. <laughs> yeah, the question. Can you pose another one? You only get one. Moving on. I have a follow-up. Mr. President, I have a follow-up. No. Um well, do you guys think that the humor in any part of this episode might be diminished by the future 
um, don't they rehash part of this? Remember, there's later in the in the in the series, they kind of like go back to some of these scenes and. Uh, they go or, back to the strip yeah. club for yeah, different about, reasons. No, different. Are you talking about the episode much, much later where yeah. this whole thing happens again? Frank falls out a window. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. See, so if you want to like quote and quotes from that, there's that one quote in that where, which I use all the fucking time, um, where he's like, uh, Frank fall out a window and he went back in time. And he's like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. He's like, I don't know. Crazier things have happened. It's like, no, they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody falling out a window, going back at a time. Nothing crazier than that has ever happened. <laughs> so, I mean, that's an episode where the humor, the story's pretty much the same, but I just find that one more humorous. Sure. That's, what I'm, yeah. that's what I was kind of asking. Yeah. So what do you give it one more time? Seven. Seven. So we got seven, seven and a half and a pair of nines on the overall humor. Last but not least, namesake of the show, it's time for the... Wild card, bitches! I gave it six split up Mr. Tubbs out of ten for every time. They did it three times where they had the um, you thinking one thing, but they did another thing they did at the beginning, where which goes back to the humor, which is probably why I gave it such a high thing, where Charlie and Mac are sitting there, and you didn't realize that the Frank and Dee and Dennis were having that whole conversation. It's like, well, that was awkward. Yes, it was. Sort of a private conversation. Very much a family-type moment. We didn't need to hear any of mm-hmm. that. Not for, not for our ears. Wanna go to the strip club? And I just thought that was so funny to me because I come from a family that does that exact shit. Like we hash out all our shit in front of the company. Oh yeah. Like without giving oh, yeah. a fucking. Oh yeah. I'm from We've Jersey. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. That's my family too. I'm from New Jersey. That's how we. Get, um, that's how we get our shit out. The second time they did that was in the hospital when it's like at least no one important got hurt, and the third time that they did that was with in the bar when you think he's talking about Frank, but really he's talking about Mr. Tibbs. And since Mr. Tibbs is split in half, multiply that three by two. And uh, it's six Mr. Tibbs out of ten. I'm awesome. going to give it... Um, I, so I was going to go for a whore count. Every time Frank says whore, I was going to do the wild card. <laughs> but he only says it three times, and I feel like this episode deserves more than three points added to it. So I'm going to go with seven strippers hanging off of Frank in a wheelchair out of ten. That's, That's awesome. I thought you were about to steal mine. It was so close. <laughs> well, you but did. Yeah, you I stole needed, mine. I needed a way to nerf this episode because, like I said, I did give it some nines, a ten. But I don't think overall this episode is a 9 or a 10. So I gave it a 7 to nerf the score a little bit. And that is for the number of crippled people in the show. Hmm. Four, oh, four no. people. Four people, obviously, that faked it. And then it was Charlie, the guy at the mall, and the guy at the end. <laughs> so seven. Oh, and, shit. Seven yeah, the guy at the end. characters crippled. out of 10. Yeah. Um, I'm giving this one wild card. I'm giving it uh, seven horrors out of 10 as well. Um, you stole mine. Oh, I stole you. I was right. No, it. I was going. I was gonna steal. So yeah. I try and do like. But I, I like to make it. it as it's a good thing. It's related good, to yeah. the episode as I can, and there are seven strippers hanging. Seven out whores. Seven whores on Frank's wheelchair. So that just seven fell. strippers. How many? Wait. Okay. Um, <laughs> a strip club buffet too. <laughs> wait, strip club buffet. How many did you give for? I gave it six, Mister Tubbs. That's it. Six pieces of Mister Tubbs out of ten. Christmas yeah. in July, Mister Tibbs. Mister Tibbs. <laughs> Six, Mr. Tibbs. All right, guys. So where does this leave it on the list of lists? Uh, the whole point of this show is that we are creating the ultimate ranking, which includes every episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We got all of season one on the list, and now we got season two on the list. I gave this episode an average of 7.4, which is now my second favorite episode. This is my second favorite episode 
uh, one above Charlie has cancer and one below the season finale. Charlie got molested. Donnie, you like this episode the most 8.6 out of 10 is Donnie's average. Uh, this makes it his new favorite episode one above the season one finale, which we all really liked uh, for the most part. The dish of the day was the most critical strip, bu- uh, strip, bub, babe, strip, 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 bar, 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 bar. strip club buffet. Uh, yeah, this. From strip yeah, club over there. Some of the wings, yes, yeah, so you can taste oh. the stripper juice on it too. Oh, yeah. oh god, he gave this Salty. episode a six point two, which sets it one above. Charlie has cancer for you, the dish of the day, and this sets the episode one below. The gang gets racist, which is the pilot. Disha Day tends to differ from the rest of us here. And then Adam, who is generally our our most uh, forgiving critic here He's on the this Paul show. Abdul. <laughs> He's the Paul <laughs> Abdul. He just wants to send everyone to Hollywood. This is Adam's new favorite episode and together our average scores. This is our new favorite episode, guys. This is at the very top of the list of lists is season two, episode one, Charlie Gets Crippled. That nice. knocks uh, the old top spot uh charlie got molested the season one finale that knocks it down to the number two spot imdb gave this episode a 8.6 out of 10 with 2.23 thousand votes what do i win oh shit. what do i win i fucking win you got it right on the money let's there. fucking go all this right. is the first time i went down wrote all my scores and didn't change a single one after listening to an argument and, and i don't know if that's good are y'all hiring are y'all hiring imdb hiring? fucking hire me let's go <laughs> It's it's just random internet. Yeah, it's, but the uh, point is, is maybe shit. <laughs> maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a little more love now. Now that sounds we actually like mm-hmm. this this show here. So if you made it all the way through, first of all, thanks for listening to this episode. Go ahead and subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this. It, it means a lot. It is really, really important to us. So go ahead and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And then head on over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at AlwaysSunnyPod. Email us at AlwaysSunnyPod at gmail.com. And then you can find the lists of lists, all our social media, all our platforms we're on, both on our subreddit, our AlwaysSunnyPod, as well as our website, rumham.transistor.fm. That's our Always Sunny pod for our subreddit and rumham.transistor.fm where you can find all our links and socials. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, guys. Search Rumham for more great episodes. Like I said, we got all of season one. We have a few jabroni talks that we've done where we uh, tiered rank the side characters of It's Always Sunny. We talked a bit more about some fan responses. So go ahead, check all that out at rumham.transistor.fm and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts by searching Rumham in the search bar. Let us know what you think. Like I said, uh, more than welcome to give us your input. We want all fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia to put their input on the list of lists. This is for the fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia by the fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So we will be back in another couple weeks for season two, episode two, The Gang Goes Jihad. Very excited for that episode. You uh, see you guys very, very soon at Always Sunny Pod, Twitter, Instagram. We'll see you guys very soon. Good night, New York. We love you. Peace out, y'all. I'll be at the strip club eating chicken wings.
Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards is produced, directed, and edited by me, Braden Plegenkuhl. Donnie Crunkleton is our associate producer. This episode was written and hosted by me, Braden Plegenkuhl, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbort, and the Dish of the Day, 